This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Rookie and Nice, the new podcast from BBC Good Food. My name is Miriam Nice. And I'm Nadia Zirfat, also known as the Rookie Chef. Unlike Miriam, I'm right at the start of my cooking journey. My day-to-day job is replying to your feedback and talking to you on our social media channels. Whereas I've been working in food and food writing for many years, including the last six at BBC Good Food. In this series, we're joining forces to deep dive into a recipe with an expert guest and help answer your cookery questions too. While I learn how to perfect a new dish, each week Miriam will be finding out how and when it's served and who to. Join us as we learn all about some of our favourite dishes and uncover some great cookery tips direct from the experts. Calling all vegetarians, vegans, those thinking about upping their veg intake or just interested in going plant-based, this episode is for you as we're talking about vegan burgers. And with us to help us perfect a delicious vegan feast is chef, cookbook author, blogger, business owner and recipe developer Bettina Campolucci-Bordi. Welcome to the podcast, how are you? (laughs) I'm really good, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us. So I listed quite a few things in your intro there. Um, In your own words, just tell us a little bit about you and what you do. I was just going to say, that is is a wicked (laughs) introduction. (laughs) Thank you. I was like, wow, there's there's lots of uh, hats there. Um, But yeah, I I do lots of different things. I'm a freelance, plant-based chef. Um, I've been in the wellness industry for the past sort of eight to nine years. Um, started off uh, running and cooking at retreats. Um, I've written two cookbooks. I've just finished my third. Uh, it's all in. Um, I run workshops. I run a retreat chef academy. 
So yeah, lots got my hands <laughs> stuck in lots of different pots, basically. All the things, amazing. And to kick off, we asked our audience if they have any questions for you, and they did. So, see, normally I read out the whole username. I've decided I'm going to try and shorten it. No, but... no, I like it when you read out the underscores. And stuff. I say the underscore, the number, everything. Um, LGC underscore 894 asked, how can I introduce more plant-based recipes that don't rely on meat substitutes? Oh, that's a really good question and sort of right up my street because I am not a big fan of meat substitutes. Um, I prefer to use normal ingredients, well, just the usual ingredients in terms of uh, rice, grains, beans. We're going to be talking about black beans today and create different textures so it's easier on your pocket as in it's cheaper and also you kind of know exactly what's going into into your pot. So I would suggest, well, one of the first things I suggest in terms of introducing more plant-based into your diet is to subscribe to a veggie box because it's a great way of including local and seasonal produce. It's not very expensive and it kind of makes you cook with ingredients that you normally wouldn't and it sort of makes you think out, outside of the box. Um, and yeah, we're going to be chatting about the burger and that's a good opportunity in terms of how to include those type of textures, um, without using faux meats. <laughs> I think that's interesting because I know, um, some vegans love them and other people hate them. So it's, it's nice to know sort of you try and recreate the texture without using substitutes in particular. Um, Holly Cotton asked, what are some good alternatives for those who, those of us who hate coriander? Coriander. Oh, gosh. It's one of those love-hate relationships, isn't it? Um, I guess parsley? I know. It, it, it depends on what you, what you want it, what kind of use um, you want it to have. I think all types of fresh herbs are amazing. And if you don't like coriander, then... There's a, there's a lot of other choices out there like dill and parsley and chives is one of my favourite um, that you can use and replace. And Constance Wilson asked, what was your main reason for choosing a plant-based lifestyle? So um, in the beginning, it was because of... Um, a health condition that I had and also because I started running and cooking at wellness retreats. So it kind of trickled into my own life. And I also chose to go gluten-free. I'm no longer gluten-free. I've been able to reintroduce gluten into my diet. But one of the main reasons was for health and well-being at the beginning. Yeah. And uh, Emily asked, what plant proteins are easier to digest? I'm struggling to find sources that don't cause issues for me. I think that's really individual. It's trial and error. Um, some people can't digest uh, soybeans, so as in tofu, and uh, but are, it's easier to digest tempeh, which is a fermented type of soybean. Um, uh, and different types of Beans and legumes and proteins react differently with your gut. So I'm not a nutritionist. <laughs> I'm a chef, uh, first and foremost. So I think it's trial and error and see what works best. And also 
cook them properly. I find that a lot of legumes are not cooked properly, especially when you sort of have them out. They need to be soaked and cooked properly. And things like lentils and chickpeas can cause more windier issues <laughs> than, polite than other saying. legumes. <laughs> windier issues. Windier issues. <laughs> um, and things like butter beans. And I find on a personal level, butter beans and black beans are sort of easier. And also the amounts. Um, it's So when we talk through the, the burger recipe, um, if you sort of split up the amounts and use maybe 50% legumes to 50% other veggies and other things that you put into your pot, rather than having lots of chickpeas or lots of those type of... Uh, plant proteins <laughs> it, it tends to make things easier so for anyone that's listening that is unsure could you just sort of explain what a plant-based diet is and does it mean the same as veganism or is it different so I think for me um I think that's different um for me a vegan lifestyle is purely for animal welfare and as long as what you're eating is vegan and hasn't hurt any animals in the process, then it's okay. Whereas I think that plant-based uh, means that you care more about where your produce comes from and there's more sort of wiggle room. I find that a lot of people are predominantly plant-based and when they do eat anything that comes from uh, the animal kingdom they choose with choose quality over quantity and really sort of make sure that what they're sourcing comes from a good good place um, I would say that plant-based is I don't know if this is right or wrong but uh, more geared towards uh, sourcing environmental local seasonal Whereas vegan is, is is quite black and white as in yeah as long as no animals have come to harm then it's vegan <laughs> and we're going to be discussing your um black bean vegan burger which is a mouthful in words and also in real life yes it's a good solid <laughs> burger what for you makes a really good plant-based burger what are the must-haves in there i think flavor flavor and texture um Definitely. I think a lot of plant-based or vegan burgers um, can be quite, uh, there's beans in this one, obviously black beans, but can be a little bit too beany and mushy. So I've added a bit more texture and flavor here. Um, things like, yeah, I think that makes makes a massive difference. And I, I've seen you use tamari in the recipe. So is that to make it gluten-free or...? Yes. So tamari is a gluten, sort of gluten-free soy sauce. Um, and I think it's also got, it's got more potency than normal soy. It's like a strong soy sauce, but a lot of the soy sauces contain gluten. So it ticks off the gluten-free box as well. Yeah, great. I found that like the layering of flavor in vegan recipes is like super interesting. So in yours, you've got like Dijon mustard, tamari or soy sauce, and then thyme. Are there any other like flavor seasoning marinade, like combinations that, that are particularly useful that you've found? Life is a highway and on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal. If you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart. But we didn't stop there. We combined soft and bouncy to bring you new Sweet Tarts Gummies Fruity Splits, a uniquely delicious dual-sided gummy with one side that's sweet and one side that's tart, but entirely smooth and squishy. Mmm, a powerfully perfect combo. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. I use a lot of mustard. I use a lot of tamari. Um, I've recently discovered well miso is another one um that adds sort of the umami flavors marmite mm-hmm. is one of those things that i i wouldn't put on toast but i definitely would use it in sort of a gravy or um as a flavor enhancer onions and garlic anything that you sort of roast or charred or slow cook or um slow slow frying it, it sort of gives you flavor Definitely. So it's like that kind of deep umami kind of thing that you're trying to extract, I guess, in those, because you're missing that from the meat, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. And it's all, it's exactly what you say. It's about layering flavors. And then in and along that, you've got textures. So it gives you that instant gratification of having something that's quite tasty. And when did you fall in love with cooking? Um, That's a good question. <laughs> um. <laughs> From a really, really young age, I made my first sort of, I made pancakes. That was the first thing I learned how to cook when I was about seven years old. Um, I grew up in East Africa in Tanzania for my first 11 years. And food sourcing was just so ingrained in our family. I'd go with my mom to the food markets and get, you know, veg supplies. There was always fishermen coming at the doorstep every sort of single week. Um, And food was ingrained in my family traditions. So when we would go and visit my Bulgarian side of the family, it was all about food. And the same thing with my Norwegian side of the family. So it it was inevitable (laughs) that I would (laughs) be working with this this, kind of thing but it took me a really long time to sort of do it as a career so I didn't start cooking um as a career until I was in my late 20s and I think that's because so I was in food and beverage uh but always front of house rather than in the kitchen so it's been quite a journey but yeah it's never too late to to do what you really really want to do but yes I've been interested in food for a long time and sort of had it as a hobby. I think that's something that I've learned from being a good food. Um, when I was younger, I always thought, you know, if you don't start cooking at a young age, then there's no chance you're ever going to be a chef. But the more I meet different people, it you kind of realise that a love of food starts from a young age, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be a chef later in life just because you didn't, you know, go to cooking school at 16 or or grow up in a sort of kitchen environment. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. And, you know, 
if I would have had the choice, I would have probably wanted to go to a catering school or a cooking school. But my parents were of that generation that they were like, no way, you're not becoming a chef. That's that's just, there's no future in that. So I chose the next best thing, which was um, I studied hotel management and worked in food and beverage for quite a long time until I had this opportunity to to run wellness retreats. And I was like, great, can I, I think I want to cook on them. And then cooked on the first one. And that was, that was it. I was like, I love doing this. So sort of found it kind of all fell to place. And I think, you know, when you, when you're doing something that you feel like you're meant to be doing, and that's kind of what happened. And, and um, yeah, got, got onto that journey, which is great. So yeah, never too late. You can always change your mind and you can always sort of go after your passions and make it your job. Also, a wellness retreat sounds wonderful. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? It's hard work. I mean, it is amazing to work on wellness retreats, but I think the biggest misconception (laughs) is that people are like, oh, wow, you're going to Costa Rica or wherever. And uh, most of the time when you work on wellness retreats, it's 14, 18 hour days. And if you're organized, then you can see the outside of the kitchen, but you spend a lot of time in the kitchen. I was just going to say, I did one, um, a friend of mine like ran a yoga retreat in Madeira. And I, I saw a bit of it, but most of the time I was in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, Which exactly. Was, it was amazing, but it was like, it, you were just thinking all of the time about what these people kind of needed. And especially if it's like a relaxing yeah. wellness retreat, everyone's kind of very calm and and thinking and, and, and doing a lot of kind of self-exploration. So you, you kind of can't show that you're sort of like... <laughs> exactly i heard um, rave reviews (laughs) i heard rave reviews about all of the the food that you did for that retreat so you did a good job it's tough it's really tough so yeah not for the (laughs) faint-hearted no it's a really yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those jobs where it's really really tough but it's extremely rewarding 100 percent yeah. And then you kind of do it again and you're like, oh, why am I doing this? <laughs> it's so hard. But then the reward is great and you just end up in this loop. So um, I, I've i got an eight-year-old daughter, so I've actually ended up teaching in the last couple of years. So I run a retreat chef academy where I teach other people and other chefs how to become retreat chefs because it's quite untraditional um, you sort of end up in kitchens that you have no idea what's going to be in them, where you're going to be, what kind of venue you're going to end up with. Um, so it's 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 an untraditional kind of way of cooking, and you've got to be very flexible. And as you said, <laughs> almost like a therapist because you've got a lot of people with different emotions coming, and yeah, yeah. it's. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting one. I think I took one, when I got there, I took one look at the oven and completely changed my menu and did everything on the hob. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. You've got to be flexible. <laughs> yeah. You also um, <laughs> so moved true. into sort of blogging. Is there any advice you'd give to, to anyone if they wanted to set up their own blog? Um, I think... Whatever you do, whether it's blogging or social media um, or just do something that you're passionate about and that you naturally want to write about or want to create content for, I think it's quite difficult 
I think you can create content because you think that people are going to like it, but it's great to um, follow your passion and write about something that really, really inspires you. And that usually transpires through through your writing and gets other people inspired too. Good. That's a good tip. And back to the recipe. Um, <laughs> what are some common mistakes that you think people might make when they're making uh, vegan burgers at home? Common mistakes. Um, I think, I think everyone should be sort of open to experimenting. And I, I always think that I don't think that less is more. I think that you should, you can sort of mix flavors, spices, um, and textures, all of those things are really important. So not just stick to sort of one bean with a couple of um, other ingredients, but um, play around with uh, textures and flavors and ingredients and see what you like. You're um, in a lot of vegan burgers, there's vegan cheese. I'm not a huge fan of vegan cheese, but can you make your own vegan, vegan cheese, cheese alternative or something? Yes. Um, so I, I don't make burger cheese, but I, um, do lots of different vegan cheeses made from cashews, macadamias, almonds. Um, I do this cashew truffle cheese, oh, which is good. really nice. <laughs> and I would say that would go really well with the burger oh, yeah. and it's actually aged with probiotics. So it's got all the good stuff in it as well. And does that kind of um, give it a bit of a tang as well? Like, is that does it kind of change the flavour too? It's not just yeah, hundred percent. So when you sort of age your cashew mixture, it um, it goes slightly acidic okay. and and gets that funky sort of yogurty yeah. <laughs> acidic uh, acidic smell. And you can age it for weeks weeks on end. Um, but, uh, the first sort of 24 to 48 hours are the most important and then you can flavor it. But my favorite flavoring is caramelized shallots and truffle oil is really good. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Great. Um, with your burger recipe, can you cook it on the barbecue? Will it fall apart? Have you got any kind of tips for how to stop that happening if that's the case? Yeah, absolutely. So... <clears throat> What I would suggest is to pre-make the burger mix so that all the ingredients uh, marry well together. And with this burger recipe, um, uh, there's a light dusting of chickpea flour, which, which sort of helps keep it together. So my advice would be to just get all the ingredients to marry together so that it keeps together really nicely and you will be able to barbecue it. Fab. I really love a burger when I'm like sitting down to watch a movie. I think I kind of prefer it though to a barbecue because then no one can really see if I've dropped most of it down my chin. Um, when is <laughs> the best time for you to have a burger? Oh my gosh, I've got I've got a slight obsession with them. Um, we've not been obviously we've been in the situation where we've not been able to uh, go out. Yeah. But I, I have this uh, obsession of going and trying lots of burgers everywhere. So this, uh, there's, there's always a good time to have a burger. <laughs> Do you know what, Miriam? My advice to you as someone who constantly drops stuff down 
herself is just embrace it. <laughs> just go with it. It gets to a point where you just got to drop all the embarrassment and just go with it. I remember when I first joined, I would be sitting in the office eating stuff from the test kitchen and I looked down and it would be all over my top and it was just so embarrassing at first. But once everyone knows you're that person, you just got to step into the character completely. Oh, that's good. I'm going to do that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so um, what else would you serve your burger with? Um potato wedges I love doing potato wedges and I like using sort of half and half half sweet potato and half usual your usual potato and uh, just cutting those up into wedges and um, just popping them into the oven until they're super nice and crispy what sort of flavoring do you use with them or do you just keep it simple I keep it simple or I'm a big fan of sort of sriracha mayo, anything with mayonnaise. So um, sriracha mayo or like a guacamole dip is really nice or a garlic mayo or a dill and chive thing. Yeah, anything with mayonnaise is is a winner in my book. I've started sort of adapting different, like the mayonnaise to each meal I'm having. So I've had wasabi mayo and chili mayo oh, yes. and all these different sort of things. And it's actually really fun sort of looking at the dinner and thinking, what have I got in the fridge that can spice this mayo up and make it a bit more interesting? Yeah, that is so good. Um, we do we do the same. It's really nice. So you've had your burger with the lovely wedges. And what is your yep. go-to vegan dessert? Um, hmm... Good question. I've I've not got a sweet tooth. I am I've, I'll take savory uh, any day, but sticky toffee pudding. I love a sticky toffee pudding. I love custard. Got a real weakness for custard. So things that are not too. I guess sweet, sticky toffee pudding is quite sweet. Um, but yeah, that would probably be my go-to. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I, I don't really have a sweet tooth, but there's something about sticky toffee pudding. I almost make an exception for it, but I feel yeah. like it's not that sickly sweetness. It's quite a satisfying sweetness. It is, and the combination with custard is uh, a winner in my book. Yeah. Dreamy. All right, you've got your vegan burger, your mixed wedges, and your um, sticky toffee pudding for pudding. Who are you sharing this with? You can have... Um, fictional characters, um, famous people, dead or alive, whoever you want, who would you like to share this food with? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, like the toughest question of the podcast. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> oh, um, mm-hmm. So instinctively, mm. I I sort of thought the first thing that came into my head was like the Harry Potter cast because my oh. daughter loves oh. Harry Potter. So I'd, I'd obviously have my daughter there and and all like in Hogwarts with all of the Harry Potter cast that would be amazing and she'd be so happy I like that you that said that she her. was there because like that would be super mean you'd be like I'm just gonna mum's just gonna go oh now. my god no of course she's there <laughs> yeah by the way so yeah she wouldn't talk to me <laughs> if that happened um yeah that would make us super happy so I, I'd say that that's instinctively what came into my head. And in that big that dining hall, that would be pretty, pretty, pretty cool. That would cool. be pretty epic. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of potato wedges, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of potato. Yeah, but those, they're just going to miraculously appear. 
Brilliant. Cool. I won't have to cook them because obviously it's Hogwarts. Yeah. So. <laughs> A couple of owls just sweep in and drop them down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I think that's about all we've got time for. Thank you so much, Bettina, for joining us. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. And Bettina will be recording a recipe for us so you can cook along, which we can't wait to try. And that will be available as a separate episode at the weekend. And you can also find it on bbcgoodfood.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Rookie and Nice, a new podcast from BBC Good Food. For recipes and more information, please visit bbcgoodfood.com slash podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to never miss an episode. 